Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, brought to you by two board-certified pediatricians, Dr. Anna Powell and Dr. Samira Arman, also known as the PD Pals, as we talk to you about topics involving raising well and happy children in today's challenging society. Please follow us on social media at the PD Pals or find us online at www.thepdpals.com. Hi, welcome to another episode of The Well Child with your friendly PD Pals. We are grateful for the PD Pals community in joining us week after week. So thank you all for being here. Today, we are very excited. We have a special guest. He is a youth motivational speaker and youth educator. His name is Andrew. He helps teens find their identity and be a successful leader through social and emotional learning and holistic approaches. Uh, Andrew has an eight-week online program called Elevate Your Life, where he helps teens overcome obstacles and masters master all areas of their life, from finding their purpose to shifting unhealthy habits to academic success to healthy relationships with their parents and so much more. We're so excited to have him on to help us talk about teens because it's something that we tackle every day in our offices. And we all know how fun our teens can be sometimes. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. We're really happy to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And such a lovely introduction. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey and what brought you here? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 33 years old. I grew up in New Jersey. And growing up, I was this bright child who would run around, would make everybody laugh. I would help people tie their shoes in class when they didn't know how. And I was just, I was just me, you know, I was just me and it felt good. Um, And then as I started to grow up, and as I got older, One of my first experiences that I had where I experienced being bullied uh, was when I was 12 years old. It was sixth grade. I had Lyme disease, a severe case. I was in the hospital and uh, I got a card, like a big, huge card from all of, you know, the the classmates. Everybody said so many nice things. And then there was one word right in the middle and it said gay. And it just like, I can remember it to this day. I was like, oh you know, because it just didn't feel good. Like I knew I wasn't, but still it was just like, there's this thing that it just affected me from that day forward. And I, from that day forward, I continually got bullied in different, um, in different ways. My brother, he's older, typical, you know, the bullying. Um, And I didn't realize how much it affected me until probably I was about like 24, four, 25 years old, where I really started to get into, I got into yoga. I'm a yoga instructor. And um, when I got into yoga, it was simply just for physical purposes, because I had so many injuries from football in high school. And I was, I just wanted to feel better physically in my body. And eventually that led me on a journey to understanding more about not just the physical, but the mental, the social, the emotional aspects of myself and of a human being. And that set me on my journey of personal development, self-discovery. And that's what has led me here today. I've done multiple personal development uh, courses. I've coached them. Uh, I've coached many adults into living successful lives. 
and really just to break through their limiting beliefs and to have what they say they want. And one day it just hit me. I said, wow, it's like if I had these tools and techniques and understanding when I was a teen and let's say I had those when I was 12 and I read that in the hospital, I would have known a way to be able to manage that and still be able to know and hold who I was truly. And it wouldn't have taken me from I was 12 all the way to I was about, you know, 25 um, to really understand and really just to take my power back and to and to be me again. And it's a continual journey. Uh, I love the name of your podcast, The Well Child, because really, ultimately, at the end of, you know, working with me in whichever capacity, the child will be well they will understand what it means to truly be well and they'll have systems and techniques that they can utilize on their own because unfortunately schools aren't teaching that right now. And I know that there's some schools now implementing social and emotional learning, which is, I love, it's amazing. Um, but there gets to be more of it because our teens, our youth deserve it. And, um, you know, especially with what's going on in the world right now and, you know, depression, anxiety, stress is on the rise with teens and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn for guidance and support. So that's why I did it. That's why I'm on this mission to support teens. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I love a lot of aspects of that. First, because it's a very much needed service. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. But I also, I mean, right from the beginning, when you were talking about the story with the card that you got, you said that you had a bunch of positive comments and then one in the middle that was one word <laughs> and that that stuck out to you more than all of the other positives. And if that's not a really good indication of how human nature is in general, mm -hmm. then I don't know what is because that's mm. the case for everyone. And then you turn in social media now and someone might put something online mm -hmm. and get thousands and thousands of great you know, comments messages, and, and yeah. messages, exactly. But then the one person that doesn't disagree with them will tend to stick with them and then mess with their psyche a lot. So having the coping skills, it's not only mm -hmm. for things, it's for adults, adults too. too. Yeah. And we actually were just talking about this. So I'm really glad you mentioned this. We were talking about our kids are now are not getting the basic essential learning that they need from whether it's finances or accounting or how to cope with stress or how to cope with uh, difficult situations. Um, there, you know, our education system is unfortunately lacking. And that's why we did this podcast, because we wanted to have those discussions, not just about you know, ear infections and strep throat and which medicines to take, but to talk about health, health and wellness yeah. as a whole. So, and health and wellness is so is becoming more popular that's, that's in the population, but mm -hmm. it is not really talked about at all at a young age. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly what we say that if we could teach them at an early age, they're going to carry these skills with them for the rest of their lives and they will be well and they will be happy, which is all, what it's all about. Yeah. So it's great that you kind of have the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I could add, if I could add one more thing to that, as far as, you know, you were speaking into like the child in my instance, like I found that this one thing stood out to me and that's what I kind of went towards and then affected me. That's why I'm so passionate about what I teach in the course that I offer is because it, it's a, an approach of inside out development. So once you learn that 
this is an inside out game. Life is an inside out game. You're so solid in who you are as a person that it doesn't matter what goes on outside of you. You already are so certain what's inside of you. And you, it just becomes a game. It's like, oh, this person said this. It's like, hmm, I see what's happening. Like my ego is trying to tell me that I'm not good enough. And I'm, am I supposed to believe him? And it's like, no, like get grounded, get, you know, get centered back on remembering who you are. And when that energy is so strong within you and you feel so full and expanded, your energetic field of your body won't even let allow you to even experience that anymore. And it's yeah. It's beautiful. It's profound. Right. Right. But I was just curious because it's really great that you found that tool in yoga and, and those other techniques where you were able to help yourself. I was just curious. Did you have a mentor? Was there uh, was there that one person or was that something you found through a different way? Um, just how you kind of came across that? Yeah. So. When I started my taking my yoga classes when I was 25, it was LA Fitness. Let's go to a class. I actually I'm I'm grateful that I'm persistent um, and willing to give things multiple tries because the first class I took it was I didn't really notice much. The teacher, you know, wasn't did I didn't get what I wanted from the class. I took a couple more and then I had this one teacher who my hip finally didn't hurt. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna keep doing this. Eventually, I went from different teachers and studios. And each time I found like, in my experience, a studio that was more, not strict, but you know, I got what I wanted and it was, I was like leveling up. So eventually um, I came across an event that was posted on Facebook by one of my friends. And it was like dropping class $50 for a, um, a yoga class. So I was like, all right, let me go. I show up, I didn't realize it was actually a teacher training for yoga and but i just did the dropping class and i actually experienced source creator god universe whatever you want to call it again i remembered and i felt what it felt like to feel that again simply through the power of his words and this man his name is andre lapa he's a ukrainian he's he's been to like india 40 times he studied underneath of like the greatest um yoga teachers in the world. And so that was really like my wake up of like, I knew there was something else there. I always felt it inside of me as a child. Like there's something else to all of this. Like, what is it? There's, there's gotta be answers. And, um, that's the first time I experienced it. And that day I was like, I'm just going to take the whole training. It happened to be only the second day in. So I was able to, to take the whole training. That's when I took the class and then from there, I've had other mentors and teachers. Um, I took this one training called gratitude training. It's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Landmark Forum, but it's a very popular uh, personal develop transformational training for self. And it's a very, it's like a spinoff of that. So that was very monumental as well to help me bring awareness and give me the language, how to speak the language um, that's effective for me and for others. And so, and then other mentors, like my, my men's coach, Michael DeSanti, he's at, he was actually a trainer for gratitude training. Amazing. And, and then just people along the way, I say, once you're in that vibration of, okay, I know who I am. I'm all about this positivity and et cetera. I believe you attract what you put out energetically. So then I started to bring into my space, other people that were also vibing like this. So I would just be open to listening to what they had to say. 
And intuitively, I would feel, does that resonate with me? Because we're all humans. We all have different perspectives. There is no one, you know, perspective and truth. There could be spinoffs of all of them, which is like a whole nother thing of importance and understanding. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That was really great. And I think the take home message in what you said, and I think it's what we, we want, you know, people to kind of take home is, um, hence the take home message. I'm just repeating myself, <laughs> but, um, is that you were open to it. So I, we are very pro meditation. It's actually part of the reason why we did the well child was because we, that's a, that's our eventual goal is to, um, impart that particular skill similar to you from a young age onwards. Uh, but whenever you bring up meditation to people who've never meditated before, they shut down, which was what we did, you know, when we were in our twenties too. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're like, ah, you know, or I tried it and it didn't work and whatnot. And what you said about the fact that you didn't give up, that's actually, that's mm -hmm. like 100% what I would like for this take home message to be that it is not something that gives you the, any effect in a day or two, you have got to stick with it until mm -hmm. you get to what everyone keeps talking about. Like, why is it that everyone who meditates is like, <laughs> you can do it. You should try it. It's amazing. It changed my life. Blah, blah, blah. And, and the reason is because you, you have to kind of stick with it a little bit. The first few times that you do that, um, naturally you're just stuck in your own mind and your thoughts are just kind of overflowing and it's yeah. not a pleasant experience actually. And until yeah. you get to a point where you can actually benefit from silence, it takes some work. And we had our separate journeys into that. Yeah. And it's, it is a journey, you know, it's a life uh, you're, you're going to, we're going to all have adversity at different levels. And like you, what I really loved what you said is about going inward. Um, and that's something I think that we all need to focus on. We need to have our children grow up with that, where you have to look inwards and you have to um, identify that and know how you handle things. Right. And so meditation really helped us, mindfulness, breathing, yoga, um, all these tools. I grew, grew up Indian, you know, I, I'm from India, I was born there, but I didn't really discover it until later in my life. And so I think everyone goes through their own journey, but you need people to motivate you. And then, like you said, you need to attract that. So I love that. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of things that you pointed out, which I'd love to share with and if you don't mind, based on what you said, if I could use some of your words as like a teaching point, do you mind? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So like, as you were speaking about something, because uh, I was talking about languaging and how important it is to speak a certain language and how it affects our brain and et cetera. So like, even when you were speaking into like, you know, we have to do this and we have to do that. When we can shift from I have to versus I get to, yeah. now we're shifting into a state of gratitude. So something that subtle yeah. for a teenager can be huge because it's like, there's not this pressure of I have to. And it's like, oh, I, can, I get to. Even something as simple as like, I get to do my laundry. Like what? Like why would why would I be like happy about getting? Well, because you have clothes, you know, you have a laundry machine, like all of these things you can start to embody and there's a whole energetic um, scale and system based on the emotions, lower vibrational emotions like anger, fear, blame, shame, they have a lower frequency and not that they're bad or wrong. They just, they don't support you in being this fully 
embodied, expansive being where you can access your greatest potential. So something like gratitude and bliss and joy have these higher vibrations. And when you can stay in those higher vibrations, you then attract these things to you. So a lot of people think life happens to me, like poor me. Why does this, this always happens to me? It's because they continue to, to repeat they're programming themselves, right? With like, this happens to me. Well, it's going to keep happening to you because you're in this low vibration. So how do you break through that? You access higher emotions and you you access elevated emotions. So you're constantly in the, and it, at first it seems fake. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people, like when I first started, I'm like, I'm, sa- I'm telling myself I'm courageous or something that I really don't believe. And then I'm like, well, then I'm lying. Right. But it's like, that's the ego trying to trick you. It's like if you were to go into, um, if you were to start playing guitar and you say like, I'm a guitarist. Well, you feel like you're lying to yourself because you don't even really know how to play a chord yet, but that is what's necessary for you to really believe it. It's the, it's the believing in the identity of myself that I am a guitarist will help me. That's actually how most habits are created. First from the identity, who am I being? Right. Right. Then what am I doing, which is going to create what I have. But a lot of us go from, well, if I have this, then I do this, then I'll be happy. But now you're grabbing something from the external and being like, this external thing is going to make me happy. No, I'm happy first. I bring it from with me, from within me. And then I have all these happy things around me. So exactly. You have to believe it first. And I I love that, you know, the narrative thing is really important. I try to teach that to my kids a lot too. And, you know, it's, they, human nature tends to always drift towards the negative. So I catch them sometimes being like, I suck at this. And, you know, it's like, well, why do you say you suck at that? Give me proof that you suck at that. And then let's Mm -hmm. try to flip it to that. You're really good at it. And I'll use your guitar example. So I'm a guitarist. You picked up a chord for the first time. And then you're feeling like a fraud because you're not a guitarist. But what what is telling you you're not a guitarist? Is it because you're comparing yourself to Slash from Guns N' Roses? Because compared <laughs> to him, you're not a guitarist, but compared to someone who's never picked up a guitar, you are. So it's all, right. it's all relative, it's all really. And what you tell yourself is very important in building, your, you're right, your sense of self and what kind of person you're going to be. And happiness is 1000% a choice that comes from inside. So yeah, we're with you on this. <laughs> but I think the the crux of this is self-esteem, you know, it's something that a lot of teenagers, maybe it's, it's something that you develop over time with the messages that you're hearing from your family, from your parents, from your friends. Um, they're very impressionable at this age. And a lot of times they're like adults, right? So they're very functional. They talk like they're adults. They have access to social media. They're, they're very smart, you know, and, but I think a lot of times we forget that they haven't achieved that emotional development that you, that you're talking about. But I just wanted to know tips about how you help teens um, elevate their self-esteem and get to that, you know, that vibration that you're talking about, because I feel like that's really uh, comes to the base of, you yeah, know, the so problem. Say, say yeah. you have some parents and yeah. they are struggling. Like this is, this is life right now. So yeah. Their parents, they're struggling with their teens because the pandemic was really difficult. They've been struggling Mm -hmm. with what was considered their normal and they're depressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I always like to start with foundational elements. I think that's super important. So 
you know, one of the first things that I talk about in my course is their purpose. Like, what is your purpose in this life? Something that's like greater than you, not just like, oh, I want to serve myself, but something even more than that, because we all have, in my opinion, a purpose and a passion towards something. It's when we have self-doubt and limiting beliefs, or we hear other people say, you can't do this, or we have this fear of, well, I have to get a job so I can pay my bills. And then we get pigeonholed into a job for the rest of our life that we don't like doing. When we can understand our purpose, that's step one. I think then step two is becoming aware of ourselves. So what am I doing right now that's working for me? What am I doing that's not working? And then how can I add some like different tools, techniques, et cetera, to start to build upon these things? Because the first step in transformation is awareness. Without awareness of, oh, I keep saying this thing or the awareness of that it actually matters, right? So I do go into um, some of like the bio, uh, like chemical things that go on in the brain um, because that's important for them to understand. If they're not taught this, then they might just be like, oh, I'm just saying this word. It doesn't really matter when it does and how it really affects the neurons and and these types of things, how it creates patterns. Um, From there, um, I would say understanding that you always have a choice. You always have a choice and you have the power within you to create your reality. Because a lot of like going back to like life happens to me versus I create my reality. It's when you can understand that. And that's why I also tie in the holistic approach of like the energy and how 99% of everything in this world is based on energy. And it's scientifically proven. It's just not told to us except now through mediums like yoga and holistic health and things like that. So for me, it's like, I just want to get it out to the masses, especially teens, because if they can understand this stuff sooner rather than later, they don't have to go through the unprogramming and then remembering who they are. They'll always remember who they are, or at least remember most of who they are and then have to do less of that work to rediscover and fully embody that energetically. Um, I definitely recommend yoga and, and also this too, realizing that you don't have to, you don't have to understand it conceptually. You don't really need to know why or how something works. It will support you in some cases, but it could also be a detriment, especially if you're someone who likes to think a lot, because then instead of being in the experience such as when you're doing breath work, yoga, meditation, and then feeling and integrating. Instead, you're thinking, why is this working? Why is this? And then you're not actually present in the moment. So as I teach things like yoga, meditation, breath work in my course, I teach people how to refeel again. Because when you can refeel something, such as your pureness, your wholeness, it said that when you can experience, when you can feel something again, you can remember experiences more easily. So it's like, okay, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. And it's going back to memories that you've had before and feeling them. But then also, as you're going through meditation, yoga and breath work, and the energy is moving, you start to feel what it feels like to feel whole again, or you start to feel, oh, this energy is moving towards my left shoulder, which is where I had an injury. And when you become so quiet and silent, and you start to just feel into this area and just ask, what is this message trying to tell me? something might come through of like, oh, this is me um, 
because left side has to do with feminine energy, right side, masculine energy. Oh, this is the left side. It likely has to do with my mother. I say that. Why? Because in my experience, 90% of traumas, patterns, conditionings, and who we are actually results from our parents and what our parents tell us, how they raised us. Now, just a disclaimer, parents, you did an awesome job and you did the best that you could with what you have, with the knowledge you have. We're just now moving into conscious parenting, you know? So that's another thing I would say to teens is like, be gentle with your parents and understand that they just did the best that they knew how. And I'm, I'm actually like teaching my mom stuff now and it's cool. Um, but yeah, I got, but yeah, so feeling into that and then trusting that whatever the message comes up. So now it's like, oh, this pain is actually here. This injury is here. It actually stemmed from emotions that got trapped in my body, that get stuck in my body. So when you can feel into it and you can reintegrate and make this part of you whole again, now you start to heal this. And that emotion, that trauma doesn't affect you as much. And gradually it's less and less and less. And it takes work, you know, and that's why I think get to the teens sooner than later, because instead of taking maybe three years of work on this left shoulder, it would only take three months. Right. So right. I just kind of go all over the place. But <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think there's some great tips. And I think what stood out to me also is that you have a choice in everything that's kind of coming your way. You have a choice of how you're going to process that information if you're going to take it in a positive way or a negative way, whether it's criticism, whether it's how someone identifies you as, you know, it's how you're taking these messages. And I think if you learn these skills from an early age, then whatever gets thrown at you, you know, we talk about the PD Pals pyramid. And <laughs> this is kind of our favorite to topic to talk about, because right now the environment um, uh, so maybe I should do a recap. <laughs> Sorry, we get on our little um, soapbox, but you know, you have a pyramid, you have the mind, the body, and then the environment. And right now, the mind, which should be the heaviest part and the foundation, you know, yourself, uh, your self awareness, your mind, that's kind of not the biggest part right now. It's flipped upside down. So the environment is weighing heavily on our mind and our body. And the and average and the average person right now. And so that's why everything that's happening in our environment, we are getting more anxiety, more depression. Um, we're not able to sustain ourselves, you know? And so our goal is we want to focus on that foundation and flip the, the pyramid over. And I think what your message is resonates with that as well is we need to start early and we need to know how to cope, you know? And so, um, and I want to empower parents because you know you talked yeah. about parents. I love that you gave the support to parents because there are a it's lot hard. of children who are very critical of their parents, and it, it's not as easy as it looks. So you know, <laughs> parents should be really forgiving of themselves, and kids should be forgiving of their parents too. I think that's one thing that kids, once they reach a certain age, and then suddenly they realize their parents aren't perfect, then they become very, yeah. very critical, yeah. and and it's normal. But it's also that you know, like you said, parents are typically doing the best they can with the situation they have, and their intentions are typically really good. But one thing, there's a couple of things I want to touch on real quick. One is that this is something I learned, but that we tend to impose our beliefs on our kids a lot, and. Um, we need to not, <laughs> I'll just put it out there. And I do this too, but we need to not. For example, if your child comes and says like, I want to open my own business and I want to blah, blah, blah. 
most of the time we're like, with what time, with what money, with what resources, with what whatever. And we will tend to uh, kind of like talk them out of it really. Or, you know, no, that's going to make a huge mess in my kitchen. I don't have the time right now. Whereas we should be saying, okay, you know, go for it. Uh, because mm-hmm. chances are they're going to do something great with it. Even if it doesn't end up being a successful business, they're going to learn. Right. And it's going to be, you know, something really great will happen. Yeah. And then- yeah. I want to touch on that point because I think it's very important. So what is happening there is, in my experience, the parent is reflecting their own limiting beliefs onto the child. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I can 100% see myself. And maybe this I can, I mean, I know I'm going to create a course for parents. The course that I've created is for anybody, really. The examples that I, because when I speak to people, and I think this is important for teens, anyone, and as this, I was going to say this later about not giving up. It's important for you to find someone who resonates with you and speaks the language that you can understand. Because someone who talks really fast and intellectual might not be your type of person, but someone who speaks broad in general and gives you like the gist of it might be your type of person. So I think that's important um, as you're going through your discovery process. Now, the other thing I wanted to say is I can definitely see myself working with parents in the future. My course that I created is, um, I'll even say right now, is available for parents. You're just going to get the examples as if I'm speaking to a, a high schooler, right? I talk about their grades and stuff, but everything I teach is accessible to parents. And I highly recommend actually that parents do this work as well, because that way there you can real, if the parent is perfect, whole and complete and pure and confident in their and themselves, they will then in the scenario that you created, right, with uh, I want to create this business and the, the parent won't say don't go for it because they're, they're trusting in themselves and they know that everything happens for a reason and et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, yeah, go for it. And they're going to be supportive of them. And like you said, maybe they don't create the business, but they meet somebody along the way who pushes them in another direction, right? So everything is divine and trusting that, you know, whatever's happening, there's always a lesson. There's always, if you're, and that's why it's important to, to create harmony within the mind, body, and soul. Um, because when you're in harmony energetically, you'll, your intuition is so much more on point. So if, if somebody comes into your space and is like, Oh, why don't you come do this with me? You'll know intuitively, should I do that? Or should I not? right? Because of your intuition. Sometimes we'll get pulled in different directions because we have the shiny object syndrome, right? So that patience is important as well. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's very important for, for parents and also from a parent's perspective to realize like, I was once a kid too, you know, like how was I as a kid and could, can I relate to my kid and what they're saying and what they're going through right now? but respond with questions instead of trying to teach and tell them what to do based on what your experience is, ask them questions like what, what the only questions that I don't recommend are why questions. Cause why is kind of like, why are you doing that? And then it's like, almost like you're wrong for asking that, but like, what, like, Hey, what, what is the re like, what, no, not even why, but like, what is the reason why, um, that you're creating this business? Like, what are you passionate about? And how can I support you? And understanding the emotions behind what they're saying. 
continually going deeper and deeper and being willing to be vulnerable as a parent. And I get it. I'm not a parent, but I get it that it could be super frustrating. And sometimes you don't know what to do because the kid just never listens or whatever. But it's just having that constant patience, having that constant, that foundation and that strength of groundedness to be like, I'm going to every single day wake up and connect with my my child and be willing to be vulnerable. And parents, I highly recommend this. Share with your kids about you, like your deepest pains and struggles. I think a lot of times in my experience, especially with my mom, she would like try to hide stuff from, and I know certain things you're not going to be like, oh, I went out and did this drug or whatever, but like tell stories that you, when you share your pain and your struggles, it helps you to relate with your child. So it's like, oh, I'm not the only one going through this. And they see that, that, that you're human. So, yeah. That's a tough one, though, Andrew, because I agree. But then at the same time, kids draw on their parents' strengths, too. And so if parents struggle with anxiety and depression and they've had a lot of struggles and they're very open about it, the kids are very monkey see, monkey do. And then I agree. It does reflect and then mirror the experience. It's a very fine it's balance. It's so hard. Yeah. It's very complex. Yeah. I, I agree. What I'll say to that is there's strength and vulnerability. Yeah. Right. So when you're vulnerable, you can say like, I had st- stress, I had anxiety and depression, so I can relate to you. Once you're relating to the person, now you're connected. Now you're like, let's get through this together. Hey, I still experience anxiety right now. Let's team up. Let's partner up. Let's figure out ways that we can do it together versus not telling them, it might, this is my experience, not telling them now it's like they're isolated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, under, I understand what you're saying though, um, but I just see it as like a, is like, the yes. Is important. Yeah. Because people, what I'm starting to realize is people look up to me when I'm being open, authentic, and vulnerable. Cause they're like, wow, you're willing to share about your deepest things. Like now I'm okay with sharing it too. Yeah. Right. And, that, and I think it's how you uh, word it as well. So I know a lot of times in the clinic when I'm talking to teens, instead of a doctor or a parent talking at you saying you need to see a counselor, you need to do this, you know, I think it does help a lot when you say, listen, I've been in your shoes, um, you know, I've had to see a counselor myself, I've had to do this, and it really well, that's does. your secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've seen a lot of teens, and especially this year, it's been a lot of teens that are struggling. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think you have to make yourself relatable because what teens hear is adults talking at them. Um, right. But I, I do agree that you have to say, you know, I went through this struggle and this is how I overcame it. And now look, I'm stronger for it and you're going to get there too, you know? And so I think, yeah, I think you have to be very careful how you present that information because they hear what they want to hear, you know? Sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important. Like one of the one of the big things that I talk about and teach in my course is how your story is actually your superpower. So like talking about your story and especially um, emphasizing the pain and the hardships that you went through is important. But then after you talk about the pain, and the hardships, you talk about the solution that you created. And now what is my vision? So it's like, oh, they were they used to be here but they also broke through it. And now here's their vision. Wow. They're so hopeful, adamant, et cetera. Yeah. So I didn't add that part, but I'm, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And it's like, of course you want to keep the energy and vibration high after you share about something that, you know, you don't just want to be 
talk, like talk about depression, then both of you go sit in the corner and, and be depressed together. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah. You know what I think that the, the <laughs> I'd like to know, cause you, you said, you know, I know, no, no, obviously you have an eight week course, so we can't talk about it all in one podcast, but <laughs> that, that part of it is, you know, to find your purpose and talk about that first. And then, you know, that's kind of one of the first things, but how do you suggest the motivation comes for teenagers because a lot of them are just unmotivated. Like it's almost, it feels like that they just don't even want the help. They're very happy in their misery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So they say that they're not, and they say that they want more and better, but they're not willing to put in the work that's required. And that yeah. parents find very frustrating. So how do you motivate them? Yeah. I think asking questions is really important. Like asking questions are is like a very profound um, thing that you can do. And like one of the things I talk about in my course is there's four survival patterns that we fall into. The need to be right, the need to be in control, the need to be comfortable and safe, and the need to look good. And we're constantly operating from these different contexts, even when we sometimes we don't even consciously realize it. So instead of being, and I'm going to touch on the need to be right, instead of always wanting to be right about something such as like maybe a parent or even a teen like being right about their parent or parent being right about how you should do it this way this way this way or this is the parent saying like this is what's going to motivate this my kids so i'm going to do it this way instead ask the most profound question that you could possibly ask like what's the most profound question you can ask in this moment to your child so as you start to ask them questions and reveal you'll start to reveal what motivates them. Maybe it's something that you don't think is going to be like supportive of them. Maybe they just want to play Legos all day. And you're like, well, that's not going to support them because then they're not going to be academically successful and be prepared and whatever. But if you can then, it's like a game. It's like, okay, now I know they're motivated by Legos. How can I take Legos and then have this like move into like a real world thing? So, you know, connect with them on that level of what they're already motivated about. If they like to play video games, be interested, be curious and interested of what they're up to versus like, I don't think this is good for them. So I'm going to like tell them to get off of it or whatever. And I think it's important too, to really, to really ask them if they're open to certain things, especially as teens, because teens are during just as a human evolution, as we move through this phase of our life, when we come into adolescence, supporting um, their own discovery of their identity and then their own independence. And so when, and that's why a lot of parents I see in these like groups and stuff, they're like, my parent all, I mean, my teen all of a sudden like doesn't talk to me. He's really nasty with me, et cetera, et cetera. It's because they're going through the stage of independence and self-identity. But I think the parents not aware of this, or maybe they are, but they don't know how to like adjust to it. Right. So setting boundaries with your child of like, okay. And also giving them a say in it now, because now we, I like the parent shifting from, okay, I'm this I'm this person who like has to make sure they're doing certain things because they're not really in, they haven't grown with their mental capacity to be able to make decisions and be independent. So it's like, now they can. So it's like, if I have, I'm used to telling them, okay, you have to go to bed at nine o'clock, be in bed by nine o'clock. Now it's like, okay, if they're getting mad at you and they want to stay up, let's have a conversation about boundaries and be like, okay, 
what time do you, would you like to stay up till? If they say 12 and you're like, you can negotiate that with them. So now at least it feels like they have a say and they have their, and they have their power. But oftentimes I feel that, um, that parents, they go in, they don't ask questions and they kind of like, there's this invasiveness. And then the kid feels that. And they're like, they just, you know, they want to be independent. Kids are looking for peer advocacy, like with friends and also adult advocacy. So the more that you can be the example, and I know that, again, I'm not saying that parents are not doing their best. I know they are. Um, We're going to vibrate towards other peers and other adults that are going to be in alignment with supporting them in their, and being their greatest self. Um, But I know I kind of went off track a little bit for motive for motivation i think that's why purpose is really important because yes some teens are not motivated however figuring out one what they're motivated by but two what people motivate them who do they already get along with because the kid oftentimes moves away from the parents during the teen and adolescent ages so it's like okay who are they already resonating with and who are they already motivated by? And then using that as like a connector, you know, talk to those people that they're already that they're already connected with and become friends with them. And then, you know, maybe you can have conversations with them and say, hey, what's going on with my kid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I really like to focus on purpose because how I teach purpose, a lot of people, a lot of people in general, but especially teens, I feel like they have so this pressure, this pressure to perform. I have to get good grades. And then I also have to uh, prepare for college and they don't really have tools to do it. So we can take the pressure off of them. I think that alleviates and, and allows them now to feel more motivated to, and to do what they want and be able to achieve what they want. So how I teach purpose, and I learned this from my mentor, your purpose isn't something that's like so monumental where, you know, my purpose is to be the next Martin Luther King Jr. or, you know, to be this like scientist. And there's so much pressure to get to that. Instead, how I look at purpose um, from Michael DeSanti, who supported me in this is when you, when you pass away, right? Let's say you pass away and you're, you know, you're in your coffin, but you can hear and see everybody visiting you. What would they say about you? What would they say? Andrew was this kind of person. He, he was a healer who brought joy to people's lives. So now that's what your purpose is. My purpose is a healer who brings joy to people's lives. And in every single moment of my life, I do my best to embody the healer who brings joy to people's lives. So I live my life purposefully versus chasing a purpose. And as we do things purposefully, that's going to create the motivation and the, and the, you know, the will and desire to really live life. It's like, break it down to an easier perspective. And then I think it would help them, you know? There's a couple of things there that I want parents to take away. The first is when you were talking about like going to university and going doing this, 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 we like to call that the race to nowhere uh, because it is something that was imposed on our society. And, um, and, and then we told everyone that this is the way to do it. You this have the to, way to success. graduate high yeah. school, you have to go to university, you have to pick a career at a very young age, get married, have kids. Yeah. That's the key to happiness and success. We all know it's not. No two people can live the same life. And then right. we said, like, I want to be the next Martin Luther King. Nobody can be the next. Like, that just doesn't exist. So you have to be the first to you. 
And mm-hmm. that's, that's a already a shift in mindset too. And I, I think it's great for parents to recognize that, that it is so much pressure to put on our kids yeah. to pick things and then have them be so goal oriented. Right. And if you can, what I think what you're trying to say, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but if you shift the mindset from goal oriented to just enjoying the ride, uh, then you're already creating your own happiness on, in the process. And then all the other things just kind of happen naturally and you're not forcing them and working right. towards them. And kids feel so much pressure when they feel like they have to be valedictorian. They have to get on the softball team. They have to, right. yeah, they have to score every time. Like they have to, they have to, they have to like, who says you have to and why, and are you even enjoying yourself as you're doing that? And if you're not, what's the point? Right. And it's, Absolutely. it's this concrete thinking, you know, it's, um, at that time, they are goal oriented, they're trying to and a lot of times people find comfort in that they they want to have a set of rules, they want to say from this step to this step to this step. And and that might be helpful at that time, it might seem easier. But then it reinforces this point where if I get this, I will be happy. And if I like what you said um, earlier, which is so important, because it's the race to happiness, which you mm-hmm. know doesn't exist. And so um, I think this is a struggle I see with parents a lot of times because they're trying to discipline. They're not. They're trying not to undermine their children's um, beliefs and their struggles because they're like, well, I dealt with this whole thing my whole life. You know, we've gone through wars and we've seen people die, and you know, you're worried about your phone being taken away. You know, so yeah. it's very easy to mm. also undermine them. Um, and it's hard to be kind and compassionate with some of their struggles, but their struggles are the only struggles they know. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a fine balance in, when it comes to parenting to not give, you know, to still discipline and to still teach them of all the things that they are should be grateful for, but then also not to undermine them to them. That's the biggest, the biggest problem they've ever experienced, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, to piggyback off of what you said, I think it's, and I'll go back to what I was saying. It's one of the greatest things a parent can do is to work on themselves and to understand these concepts, because if you're so certain in who you are, right. And then you come into the situation of your kid doing this and you're like, well, I don't want them to turn out how I was. Well, now, if you know, if you heal that within you and you understand that, wow, my trauma, my, you know, depression, et cetera, actually was a gift because it helped me be aware of something, which then allowed me and brought me to my healing and coming back to my wholeness. I can understand that whatever my kid is going through right now is also perfect for them in this moment. And instead of instilling, instead of instilling a belief of fear of like, oh no, I don't want them to do this. So I'm going to I'm going to, because what's going on is instead of them being present in the moment, they're going back to their past and they're pulling their past into the present and projecting it onto their kid versus like, how can I be present right now with my kid in this moment and then create a new future with my, for, for my son and or daughter and myself. And the only way to do that is to be present in the moment. The only way to create and be objective and yeah, it's not a lesson there. So watching your kids fail. And I use the word failure very loosely, guys, okay? Because that's, that's subjective too. 
But watching your child fail and not trying to control the situation is a huge gift that you can provide to your kids. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, it's absolutely not easy. And that's why I go back to the four survival context. Like where is a, was it, where is a parent? Are you needing to be in control of something for fear of it's going to turn out a certain way? And then are you, are you already projecting if this happens, I'm going to blame myself and shame myself because I didn't control the situation, right. you know? So they're already in the, they're already in the vibration of blame, shame, guilt of predicting this is what's going to happen if I don't do this. And that's why it's like, elevate your elevate. That's why I love my, my slogan of my company, which is elevate. I'm going to have elevate everything, elevate your life, elevate your parenting, elevate your relationships. And I might not teach all in myself. I might bring in other people, but it's all about keeping the energy elevated because then if you're not in these lower vibrational emotions, you're not going to bring that into the space. So through your own healing and through you bringing elevated emotions into the space, your son is going to receive that. It's like, 99, and this was uh, in Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. I highly recommend it for everybody. Um, He talks about 99% of what what is in this universe, we cannot experience with our senses. So see, feel, taste, touch, hear. I think I said them all. We can only experience less than 1% actually of that in this physical world. So there's 99% of other things that we can't see, et cetera. So like a dog whistle, we can't hear that, but a dog can. Radio waves, microwaves. So there's a radio wave. How does that work? There's a signal that's sent out, which connects to something, right? And then it's sent back and information is received. Same thing. If you have your elevated emotions and you're sending out elevated emotion signals to your son they're going to, or daughter, they're going to receive that, whether they can feel, experience it or not. And, and that's, what's so powerful about connection, connection to parent and, you know, and teen, but also like connection as a community as a whole. And that's also what I, uh, created in my program is that all of the teens that go through the program and, you know, essentially parents now, (laughs) um, you know, I have, It's like a, I don't know if you've heard of Slack. It's an app. It's similar to like Facebook groups, but I have a group. So now all the teens can be together and empower each other and lift each other up. Same with parents, you know, so we can come together as a collective energy. Yeah. We love Joe Dispenza. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. The biggest thing is expectation. You know, you want to say, um, this is what we're putting out there. We might not always get all the things that we want at that moment, but there is a reason for it. And, you know, if things went exactly how we planned, we wouldn't be in this situation to begin with. And so putting it into perspective of, of what got us here is all those times when things didn't go as, as we thought, right. So, and think about this too. Imagine if everything did go how you wanted to, wouldn't you get bored of that after a while? Because human beings need to like, they need that excitement. And as Anna was talking about, like there's, you know, people that might be listening that haven't experienced this yet, um, or, you know, like conceptually cannot really understand it yet. And I, I get it. Cause when I first started getting into all this, I was listening to like Deepak Chopra recordings and he would talk these really sophisticated words. And he's like, and he would always say at the end of this one recording, if you don't understand 
what I'm saying and it doesn't make sense in your mind, it's okay. If you keep repeating it over and over again, eventually you will understand it because you start to connect your energy to the, to the source and creation. And now these informations automatic, like we already know everything. We already, <laughs> I don't want to get too, too deep into this now, but <laughs> we already know everything. It's just, we have to remember how to reconnect to this, right. to this divine knowledge within us. So as far as, again, going back to the point of not necessarily worrying about how it makes sense or why it makes sense, but being open to, okay, do these people seem honest with what they're talking about? Are they trying to steer me wrong? What is the end goal and purpose of this podcast and what they're delivering? Does it seem like it's like the result and what they're trying to do and support me with is something that I'm interested in or is it not? Because if it's not and it seems like, oh, they're just trying to manipulate me and blah, 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 then obviously you wouldn't want to do it. But if you resonate, then it's like, okay, I trust this person and what they're saying. So I trust that this could be beneficial for me. And, you know, maybe I don't understand it, but let me give it a try. So I think that's huge. And going back to the meditation piece where some people are like, I don't know how to meditate and they get frustrated and they give up. As we were talking about before, the senses, my one spiritual teacher, she says, this, the saying, hold your horses, is actually your horses are your senses. So if you don't hold your senses or hold your horses, they get away from you, right? So if we're constantly looking at things, smelling things, if we're constantly tasting things and we allow our taste to get a hold of us, we might be overweight or we see something, we might get distracted and take us off course of our purpose. So that's actually one of the tricks to meditation is you actually distract your senses. You put it, you give each of your senses a task so it can't be distracted by anything else. So instead of listening to your thoughts, you listen to a mantra that's playing. And, and then you use the voice to say a mantra out loud so you can hear your voice. Right. And remembering your voice also helps you like come back to your true self. So there's so many different tricks. It's all about, and I'm one of the people who's like, I like to just speak in layman terms. And I know sometimes I get a little um, airy fairy or whatever you want to call it, but I do my best to keep it in something that's very digestible for everybody, because I think it's to have that spark for people so that they can get it and not be too much in the intellect is important for them to get them going. And then offering different tiers of like, okay, you want to get deeper into the yoga stuff? We can have like an advanced course for that, right? So. There's no end to knowledge and information. And we, we get guilty of doctor talk a lot of times too. So it's <laughs> always good to go back to the basics, right? Absolutely. Well, Andrew, totally. um, great conversation. I know our audience will love it. Can you tell us where everyone can find you? Yeah. So on social media, you can find me on Instagram and I'm on TikTok as well. Uh, it's Elevate with Andrew. Uh, Facebook, it's going to be Andrew Christian Weingart. And as far and, and I always you can go to my website if you want. I always recommend reach out to me. I always like to have a conversation with people, um, ideally through Zoom, because I think creating that connection, understanding what are your pain points, what are you struggling with? And then to see if my course could actually support you or if I could support you one -on with one-on-one -on -one coaching. I like that before actually just sending them to my website because what happens sometimes is we're human. So we go to a website and what we see isn't what we expect. So we're just like, eh, and we're not open to it. And we close off to it. 
And it's like, wow, this could have actually been an opportunity for you. Um, but if you want to go to my website, it is um, elevatewithandrew.com forward slash elevate your life. It's just a landing page and you'll be able to learn more about the course. Um, but ultimately getting on a call, you'll be able to ask specific details uh, about the course that I can answer more. Right. What's that? Yeah, that's what I recommend actually. And what, what I've been realizing is because on TikTok, it's all teens that are following me and I'm talking with them and they always say, I don't have money or my parents won't let me. So I'm realizing, okay, I have to reach the parents. And I know a struggle probably for the parents is the parents want their teens to take it so bad, but then the teens like, no, because they don't want to listen to the parent. So I'm still trying to figure out like, how can I get this to the teens? And that's why I'm, I'm actually think, and that's why I'm for the first time telling parents like, Hey, this course is for you as well. And if, as long as you can deal with the examples of, of the teens that I use in it, because if the parent learns the information, the tools, the techniques, how to speak to their teenager in a way that's going to resonate with them so that they can create that connection. And the teen sees the shift in their parent, the teen's going to be like, holy crap, like mom's not like nitpicking me anymore. or Dad's not being like angry with me or whatever. And then they're going to be way more open to what you're talking about because you have that connection. And then you could be like, yeah, actually, I took this really awesome course. Like, and then you just ask them, which, what would you be open to? which is my last point, which is ask your, asking your kids, what are your pains? What are you struggling with? And then also like, what are your passions? What are your goals? Because once you can understand that, you can actually invite them to anything instead of telling them you should take this courses because it's going to help you. Instead, what are your pains? What are you struggling with? What do you, what do you want to achieve and accomplish? And then insert this line. If I told you that I had a possible solution that could support you in repeating back exactly what they said, this pain, this struggle, and creating this life that you want, would you be open to taking a look at it? That's it. But you have to like ask them if they're open instead of forcing things upon them. That's going to create the freedom for them to be like, okay, now I have a choice and they'll probably be more open. And then we just jump on a Zoom call and we talk and yeah that's great and when was the last time i'm I'm challenging the parents listening to this that you actually even did something with your teenager Mm -hmm. we can't even go to movies together anymore so why not have a shared experience of taking a course together chances are it's just going to bring you closer together yeah absolutely discover some things yeah well thank you thanks for your time and thank you a good conversation absolutely thanks everybody who's listening The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time. This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. 
It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any facts. 